Good afternoon, this is the 11th of January. This is uh, Rupert Thompson, Chief Investment Officer at Kingswood Group, and I'm now going to run through um, key developments in the markets in the last week or so, and also our thoughts going forward. Well, equity markets may be back down a bit today, but basically they've started the year in pretty bullish mode. Um, last week, global equities um, were up as much as 2.7% or so in local currency terms. And it has to be said, these gains have very much been driven by developments in the United States. I mean, if you look at the news headlines, they were obviously very much dominated by this storming of Capitol Hill by the protesters. But as far as the market's concerned, this is really you know, a footnote to the main event. And in their eyes, the main event was the fact that the Democrats won the two seats which were up for grabs in the Senate runoff elections in Georgia. And what this uh, victory means is that the Democrats now have an effective majority in the Senate and indeed Congress overall. And what this means is they now have the ability to push through further fiscal stimulus. Um, a package worth some $900 billion or 4% of GDP was uh, finally passed after months of wrangling um, at the end of last year. And what we're now looking at is an additional stimulus package, possibly as big as the last one and this could be passed in the next couple of months. So what this really means is that as a result of the Democrats winning the uh, Senate and winning control of Congress, um, we're now going to see measures implemented which will provide the US economy with significant support near term um, while it struggles to contain the recent surge in infections. And also, you know, these measures are going to give additional momentum to the economy and the strong rebound which looks on the cards later in the years in later in the year on the back of you know, the rollout in vaccines so in a way you could sort of sum it up by saying recent developments have very much reinforced the optimism over growth that has been propelling markets higher um, right since uh, since november well, in a way the markets have sort of got the perfect the best of all worlds um, what the wafer-thin majority the Democrats now have in Congress means is that they are able to push through these more growth-friendly policies, but equally they don't have a sufficient majority to be able to implement much in the way of the more radical, more market-unfriendly policies which had been in the original sort of policy proposals. And the kind of things we're talking about are tax rises, um, healthcare reform, and also moves to crack down on the tech sector. They'll be able to move modestly in this direction, but they will be constrained by the fact they've only got um, a wafer-thin majority. Well, this all sounds great, and in many ways it is for the markets, but, it, but there are a couple of sort of worrying aspects, or potentially worrying aspects is a better way of putting this. And the first is that, you know, stronger growth is fueling fears um, that inflation could pick up, and that central banks down the road will have to start to scale back their support. And you know, this, along with the prospect obviously of higher budget deficits, is now driving bond yields higher. We saw this last week. Um, so 10-year Treasury yields, US Treasury yields, um, were up 0.2% um, last week. Um, they're now up to close to 1.2%. So they're up sort of um, close to 70 basis points from last year's lows. And the reason why this is important is that equity valuations are at high levels and on one sort of particularly important measure they're now actually higher than they were prior to the 1929 crash and the highest level um, 
since the tech bubble in 2000. And, you know, if you just read the press, you know, there is increasing talk of bubbles and there is even now talk of so-called uh, rational bubbles, um, if that's not too much of a contradiction. But essentially what rational bubbles is talking about is the fact that um, very high equity valuations can be justified by the extraordinary low level of interest rates at the moment. But if we do see central banks start to take their foot off the gas, and if bond yields were to um, climb significantly, then valuations would come under pressure. Um, I mean, our view is that, you know, despite what's going on with fiscal policy now, um, rates still remain unlikely to be raised for another, another couple of years at least. So we don't think that, you know, higher rates present an immediate danger for the equity markets. Still, it has to be said, you know, given how high valuations are, um, this does leave equities you know, vulnerable or more vulnerable than they would normally be to any threats to the underlying bullish case of a strong rebound in growth later this year. Um, you know, what are the big risks to um, this rebound in growth later in this year? Well, they're sort of what you'd expect, i.e. they're virus related. Um, a delayed vaccine rollout or, you know, we could find that the vaccines prove less effective in dealing with these new virus variants. Um, these aren't our base case by any stretch of the imagination, but clearly these are risks. So, you know, while our sort of base case is very much, we're looking at a strong rebound in growth, which supports um, further gains in equity markets, the way we're positioned is still pretty mindful of the fact that there are significant risks to this sort of bullish base scenario. Well, just before I finish, um, I think the UK merits um, a quick comment. And in a way, sort of what went on last week sort of mirrors what went on in the States. So sort of all the headlines were about the storming of Capitol Hill by the protesters. Markets went up. All the headlines in the UK were about the mounting crisis in the NHS and the fact that, you know, the lockdown could be extended or intensified. And yet the markets went up. Well, sort of, I think two reasons behind this. First is that in terms of the impact of the latest lockdown, um, no one expects it to be half as bad um, as the first lockdown back last March in terms of the impact on the economy. You know, it could, if the lockdown extends to March, we could be looking at a sort of total impact or hit to GDP of maybe 5 to 10% um, compared with sort of back in October. But, you know, back in... You know, the lockdown last year, back in March, we were talking about 25% hit. So it's definitely bad news. It's a problem, but it's not the disaster that the lockdown was a year ago. Uh, secondly, I think uh, more importantly, probably, is the reason why you know equities did so well last week. And in fact, they saw a gain of 5.6%, uh, um, way above or well above, you know, the 3% gain in other markets is just that the UK is benefiting from this continued rotation away from the winners of the last year, the more expensive markets, to the laggards of last year and the cheaper markets. And the UK, as we said on a number of occasions, is looking one of the cheapest markets. So that's all for today. Thank you for listening and I'll be back again next week. Please note that this podcast is for information purposes only. The views expressed do not constitute financial advice, and please remember that the value of investments can go up as well as down. How an investment performed in the past 
may not be the same as how it performs in the future, and there may also be tax implications. Should you require advice, please speak to a qualified financial advisor.